Hey there, it's the real Jason Duncan. I've got a special announcement for you really quick. I am hosting the Exit Lifestyle Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. 2022. You don't want to miss it. Go to theexitlifestyle.com to learn more. I love organized chaos. So it's always coming at me, but I, I deflected by having really great teams and really great people, really great people around me. I do not do business with people that I get heebie-jeebies from or have any thought of there's something going on behind their eyeballs because I can sniff it a mile away now. And that's really how um, I, I cannot express how important it is to surround yourself with the proper people that align with where your values are. It's yeah. really, really important. Your, your net work is your net worth. Right. I like that. You yeah. got it. Your network of people around you is directly correlated to your net worth. You are the average of the five people you hang around with the yes. most, whether that's uh, their, their financial earning ability, the amount of what they know about the world, how they, what their worldview is. And I love what you just said there, because it reinforces that concept that your network is your net worth. Yes. And you are so, so right. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Welcome back to another edition of The Root of All Success with me, the real Jason Duncan. Thank you for being here. Uh, I've got a great guest for you today, and uh, I, I love it when I'm able to interview very successful female entrepreneurs. There are just they're they're just so fascinating to find out how all entrepreneurs were able to to achieve success. But I especially enjoy talking to female entrepreneurs because they're harder to find. And I'm gonna you'll see in the show today. I actually ask her about that. I ask her, you know, why is it that it's harder to find the female entrepreneurs who are successful? And she has a great answer to that question. I'm not gonna ruin it. I'll let you listen to the rest of the show. I, I want to say a couple of things before I introduce uh, our guest, Claudia Harvey, to the show today. But uh, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. Whatever podcast player you're listening to this on, whether you're watching it on YouTube or C-Suite TV, no matter where you're watching this or listening to it, I want to say thank you. I also want to have, I have a request. If you could please go and leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Tell us uh, that if we're five-star, leave us a five-star. If you can't do a five-star, send me an email and let's talk about how I can make the show better because the more people that leave reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. And then we end up being in front of more people just like you to give you value so that you can learn how you as an entrepreneur can be successful. So let me let me thank you for, watch, uh, for watching or listening. Thank you for that. And then also thank you in advance for going and leaving that review. I know every podcaster asks you to do that, but it really, really is important. So if you could take some time to do that, 
I would appreciate it. All right, let me introduce you to today's guest. I've got a lady by the name of Claudia Harvey. She's a global entrepreneur. She's an inventor. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a philanthropist. She's the CEO of Dig It Apparel, which you're going to find out that she didn't start until her mid 40s. So it's not too late for you to start as an entrepreneur. So she's got a great story about how she became an entrepreneur with Dig It Apparel. She's the co-founder of BG Wealth Group. And uh, she, she's got a fantastic story about what she's doing with BG Wealth Group and how she's buying other companies, investing in other companies and continuing to grow wealth at, on the heels of her success as an entrepreneur in her own right. She's also a contributing author to number, uh, several number one bestsellers like America's Leading Ladies, Empowering Women to Succeed, and a book called The Balancing Act. And what she is going to talk about in the bulk of her story is how she took some time off from her corporate career because she needed more balance in her life. And then her time off ended up starting Dig It Apparel. That ended up going on to uh, Dragon's Den in Canada, which because she's from Canada, we would our version of that Shark Tank here in the United States. But she went on Dragon's Den and got a deal with Kevin O'Leary. And she's going to tell the story about how that happened and how it doesn't always pan out the way that the television show seems to make it see it seems to make it for all of us there's a little bit of different nuance in there so you're going to love hearing the story of claudia harvey today so i want to welcome to the show the root of all success claudia harvey claudia welcome to the show i'm really really glad you're here i'm honored that you're coming all the way from canada by zoom to be on the show today uh, it's my pleasure jason it's really really great to be here i really wish like we could be in person but this is the next best thing well, I know that when we originally were introduced through C-Suite, uh, because that's how both of us met each other, I, this podcast is syndicated on the C-Suite radio network. We met through the events through C-Suite. You were really game to come to Nashville, and I was honored um, that you were going to come to Nashville. But of course, uh, the ongoing pandemic and the COVID restrictions and the nuttiness that we're all dealing with just made it make more sense to do this by Zoom today. So either way... I'm honored that you're here and to talk to someone like you is, uh, is really good. And I'll say, I'll say this before I get into asking you questions on the show. Um, one of the things that I love doing is talking to very successful entrepreneurial entrepreneur women. And, and it's, I, I talk to men and women on the show all the time, but I have a harder time finding the women to, 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 to really focus in on. It's not that they're not there. They're just harder to find. You guys are a little harder to find. <laughs> I think it's because we work really hard and our heads are down. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> well, I had the pleasure of speaking with another very, very successful entrepreneurial lady the other day on the show. And, um, I told her the same thing. She had a very similar response. So uh, congratulations to you for all your success. So I want to ask kind of get things kicked off today, Claudia. What was your original entrepreneurial thing? Like what did it start as a child? Was it, were you an adult? Uh, what, when was it? Because I know you're raising a family now and you've got very successful businesses. You've been, you've done business with people like Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank or, or Dragon's Den. And, but, but back way back when, how did entrepreneurship enter your life? Oh, that's a really great question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, I think in retrospect, I grew up with a very entrepreneurial household. So my mom and my dad both were entrepreneurs and business owners. My mom had a couple of hair salons in the small city that we were living in. And my dad took, my parents were German, were German. And my dad took tourists from Germany across Canada on tours. And 
I think we just lived and breathed at the dinner table what entrepreneurship was. They talked about receivables. They talked about great clients, bad clients. Oh my God, this happened to me today. So I think I just lived and breathed it when I was a little girl and it just became part of our lifestyle because some days I remember some days it's craft dinner and some days it was steak. And now, of course, I understand why. But at the time I'm like, oh, great, it's craft dinner today. Yay. <laughs> so, um, so it probably started right back then. So do you, I didn't know you were German. Do you speak yeah. German? I do not. When my parents, when I was a small girl, my parents only spoke German to me. And apparently I went to school speaking German when in grade one and nobody would speak to me. So my parents dropped German. So I don't speak German anymore, unfortunately. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say to you, the only thing I know in German, not because you will understand it, but ha if any listeners happen to hear me say this, they'll know what I'm saying. Du bist ein wunderschönes Maiden. No idea. It means you are a very beautiful woman. That's, oh. the only thing I know how to say. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. But uh, not only do I, know, that's the only thing I know how to say. It's true. Uh, but I, I had a, there was a guy in my senior year high school who was from uh, Mülheim, Germany, mm -hmm. who was here as an exchange student. His name was Sebastian. And we became really good friends the year that he was here. We lived in the same, he lived in the same neighborhood, his host family. And uh, I said, said, I want you to teach me how to say that. And he did. And it stuck with me all these years. And occasionally I get to pull it out. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. That's great. <laughs> so your parents uh, were entrepreneurs in their own right, hair salons, doing, uh, doing tours. But when did you take that leap or that step into entrepreneurship? Because I think based on what I know about your story is that you really spent a lot of time in the corporate world before yes. you entered entrepreneurship. Is that true? Yes, very true. My parents, even though they were entrepreneurs, they came from the depression era. So they grew up in the depression and World War II. Um, my parents have passed away. They passed away um, over 10 years ago now. So they were they were older when they had my brother and I. They were in their 40s when they had us. So money, money, money was very, very, very important to them. And I grew up thinking that, wanting that, and being trained to want it. And I, corporate world was where I was pushed to do. It was not, you know, don't do this, don't do that. It's like, go make money. And corporate was where to make money. And even honing that further, being in sales on the outside, customer facing was where you made money in corporate because you got the commissions and you've got the compensation that meets you doing a very good job when you're, when you're bringing business into the corporate world. So I, I became a salesperson and worked in the finance and insurance industries. Um, and I did that for years and years until I was really, really tired and really, really stressed and stretched to the limit and not feeling I was doing, I was raising three kids and not feeling I was doing anything really well because I was too stretched, too thin. So it was long story short, it was only when I was uh, 44, did I actually become an entrepreneur and take, take that step to leaving the corporate world and becoming an entrepreneur. So like last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years. I'll say two. <laughs> so, well, that so listen, I, I I didn't know that obviously about about your story, but I think what that is is an encouragement to the listeners and the viewers to know that you don't have to you don't have to get started early. There there are people who get started much much later in life. You spent a couple of decades in the corporate world before you entered entrepreneurship and have been wildly successful. And I think about the things I see on Instagram or LinkedIn, where it talks about, uh, I think it was Colonel Sanders. who didn't start KFC until he was in his eighties. And there's the actor. Um, I, and again, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, 
who's the guy that played uh, played um, in Star Wars? Chewbacca and Han Solo. Was oh Han yeah, Solo. right. I don't know the actor's name, but I know who you're talking didn't about. He, didn't he start later? In, I, I don't. I don't right. know. But there are a lot of people who've been very successful in their own respective yes. fields who started later in life, and I think that your story. Um, is really encouraging for people that are listening to go, well, I'm 40, 44, yes. 45. I haven't started anything yet. What can I do? I, I actually had a guy I was talking to not too long ago who, who I don't, I don't know how old he is. I'm, I'm going to guess probably mid to late fifties. And he was thinking he's corporate guy. He's like, I want to start a business, but I think I'm too late. I said, no, you're not. You're not too late. So was dig it apparel. Was that your first kind of, was that your first business thing? Yeah, it was the first uh, step into the entrepreneurship world. And I didn't announce to the world that I had started Dig It. So my my children, so I, I left the corporate world not be, not to start business. I left the corporate world to find balance in my life. And I assumed when I left corporate that I would just, you know, regroup for six months, take a break and then find a corporate job that was more suitable to my lifestyle, which with I had three kids and not be as stressed and probably just, you know, I was probably burnt out. So in that gap, that's when I started dig it. And it was created from a idea of a, of a barbecue on a Labor Day weekend and over beers. And we, my business partner at the time and I created dig it because of the need for us in the marketplace. And Fast forward 18 months, I didn't tell anybody I started Dig It because people would be like, Dig It for the listeners. Dig It is a company that started um, nail protective glove for women. So it protects manicures in the garden. And we have an industrial design patent with a pillow top protector. I won't give that finger. <laughs> pillow top protector in the patent, in the, in the fingertip. And that was the defining feature. And it was because I loved being in the garden. And my business partner at the time loved being in the garden. And we would be destroying our hands going back to work on Mondays. And it was a aha idea. It's like, hmm, they should create that. And then I was not working. I was having, I was with my kids. So I said, well, why don't we create that? So in between drop off and pick up between kids going to school, I created Dig It. And I created the infrastructure of Dig It, the website, like all of that, everything. And, but I did not tell anybody because I have a pair of gloves here. So I'm going to show them. This is what, this is what Dig It looks like. My our very first glove. So inside is a pillow top protector inside each fingertip. And I didn't want people to say, you left your corporate world. You left your job to sew gloves in your living room. Like what? And it says exactly not what I was doing. So so dig it apparel, you doing it on the sly, kind of in the mm -hmm. background, but it was successful uh, in spite of the fact that you were telling anybody about it and you were doing this on your own, kind of not, no, nobody knows what's going on. How did you get introduced to Kevin O'Leary? Cause isn't that part of the story? Yeah, that was, that was the leap of me telling people that I was actually an entrepreneur. That's when I started labeling myself as an entrepreneur because 18 months, it took about a year to, to part-time to create the business, create the, um, the actual glove, five focus groups with women. It, we took our time, right? It wasn't, there was no hurry to do it. And so we took our time and made sure we did it right. Created the website, um, shopping cart, the, 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 the trademarked, all that. We did it right. Cause I knew how to do that because of my business experience. And 
my business partner at the time said we should go on Dragon's Den, which was the number one show in Canada, which is your equivalent Shark Tank. And Kevin O'Leary, for some people who don't know, is Canadian. He actually started on Dragon's Den. So we were six weeks into the launch of our business. And we had, I think, $12,000 in sales. And that's it. When we actually went on stage in front of the Dragons. And that's how I met Kevin O'Leary with standing in front of him, pitching my product and my glove. Wow. So, and all the people that I've interviewed on this show, I have not interviewed any, anybody who's been on shark tank, which, or, or dragon's den. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, yeah. I, I knew that there was, there, that was part of the story, but I didn't really know that you were actually live in front of him. So how, <laughs> tell me about that experience. What was that like when they reached out to you or did you reach out to them and said, Hey, I want to be on the show. How did, how did it originate? Yeah. Um, when in, back in the, in that time and that was saying about 10 years ago now, um, the produce there's a cattle call for anybody that has an idea to pitch and you pitch to the producers of the show. You don't pitch in any way to the, to the talent, to the sharks or the dragons. You have to get past a certain number of hurdles first and they pick you because you have a good business idea or your entertainment. So it's like, so my business partner pitched the idea to the producers because I was quite hesitant because you know, being on a show like that, you can be decimated in front of national TV. And I reputation was, means a lot to anybody. So I was very hesitant. So she pitched to the producers. We got through the hurdle when she called me and she said, we're going on Dragon's Den. And I'm like, okay, one question. Are we entertainment or are we actually a viable company? <laughs> so it was... Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a surreal, it was a surreal time in life. It was, it was great. So you actually get up, get on the television show mm -hmm. and you're standing there in front of the dragons or, or as we would refer to them, the sharks. So you get and the dragons or the sharks, you're standing in front of them and you do your pitch. So did you, did you end up getting a deal live on, on the show or was it kind of after the fact, what happened there? Yeah, we did get a deal. Um, it, it, what aired, was nine months later. So we taped on stage. We knew we had the deal, but we had, um, we couldn't tell anybody that we had the deal. So this was still in the time that I didn't even tell people I had a business. Wow. So I was very, very quiet. And when we knew that we had the deal because we got the deal on stage, but we didn't even know when we were going to air. So it was going to be, it was nine months later we aired. And through that process, the, the legal process happens. So the due diligence happens and the lawyers talk, and then we create the shareholder agreement and all of that. So we did, we did a deal with Kevin on stage and it was aired. That deal was aired, but that's not actually what the deal was post dragon's den. Right. And it was a whole different deal post dragon's den. Yeah. I think, I think based on, <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of sharks tank, shark tank here in the, in the U S uh, my wife and I actually watch it a lot, which is interesting because she's not in the business at all, but she really enjoyed, we watched that and the profit with Marcus Lemonis. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys watch it on CNBC, but yeah. I love, we all love watching those shows, but I, but what I know about them is that a lot of times the deals that end up on the show usually change. So what you're doing is verifying what I thought probably yeah. was the truth. So Kevin O'Leary uh, is, or was a business partner in yeah. Digit. Yeah. Yeah. He started in 2010 with us, I guess. Yeah. 2010, we signed the deal and then Diggit bought him out in 2015. He had gone into Shark Tank at that time, has left Dragon's Den, left Canada. And the reason that a lot of people go on to a show like that is for the publicity, of course. So 
we didn't see a lot of Kevin over the years. Um, and you know, he's off doing his thing and that's great, but we were able to use his name. So at that point in time at 2015, um, he was never coming back to Canada. He was never coming back to Dragon's Den. We would never be able to get aired back on Dragon's Den and, you know, the success stories because he was gone. The talent was gone. So um, amicably, we separated. He stayed down in the, in the United States. And we then, I then sold his shares to my current business partner. And he then bought the first business partner out. So there's been, a, there's been some shuffling going around with, um, with partnerships, which is, which is great. It's, that's also part of growing a business. That's right. Now, you dig it's not the only thing you've got. You've got BG Wealth Group uh, that you're, you're part of now. So what, is, what does BG Wealth Group do? BG Wealth Group is, a, B, BG stands for Beyond Growth. And I consider us a miniature Berkshire Hathaway. Um, speaking of people creating businesses in later in life, uh, Warren Buffett only started Berkshire Hathaway post 58. And I consider us a small Berkshire Hathaway because we have interests in obviously dig it is a sister company of BG wealth group. We have real estate holdings. We have uh, restaurant holdings, franchisees and a lot of the McDonald's model is how we build our wealth in the restaurants because we buy the land and then we put the restaurants in and, and put the franchisees in. All of that has been created since 2018. So I started in Dig It. Kevin left. Craig Dunkerley, my business partner, came in. And then he asked me to join him in his company, which was Blackthorn Group at the time. And we rebranded to BG Wealth Group. And that that small company has gone and in a very big way. Wow. So, so this late bloomer entrepreneur, Claudia Harvey starts at 44 and uh, does it kind of on the slide back behind the scenes, spends a couple of 18, 24 months dealing, dealing with that ends up with a billionaire, uh, billionaire <laughs> business partner and launches a brand around a pretty cool idea. And, and I would encourage people to go to, go to your website for, for dig it. What, what is the website? By it's, the way, I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. It's digitapparel.com. So D I G I T apparel.com. All right. So the gloves are pretty cool. You know, you wear, wear the gloves, you can dig around in the dirt, not, not screw up your nails. I know I'm always concerned about that, <laughs> uh, but, but that, and then, and, and then you, you take that and you go into a whole new thing of wealth, building wealth. So what is it that you at BG wealth are focused on? Is it, is it taking other investors and, and doing return for people? Or is it just an internal, this is what we do to make wealth. A bit of both. We, in fact, um, the business model of BG Wealth Group is really rinse and repeat, finding a successful business model and then doing it well, tweaking it, and then repeating that business model. So Craig had started in real estate holdings in Detroit when Detroit was bankrupt and he bought property very, very uh, low cost. And that property value has increased significantly. We've taken that business model and replicated it in a small city up here in Canada called Owen Sound, which is poised as well for amazing growth because of some government funding that's in that region. So we, we did it as well. And then buying into other people's businesses. So we bought the first pizzeria that it's called Village Pizzeria, and we're rebranding to Flame and Bricks Pizzeria, but we only bought one also in small town Canada. And we now 
and that's, we bought it in December, 2020. And we're now um, nine, 11 months later. So we're in November when we're, as we're chatting here and we now have seven locations and we've also started coaches burger joint as well. And so we now have two franchise you know, businesses um, and then dig it. This is really cool. It, can I, can I tell you something really cool that I'm quite proud of? Please. Okay. Um, so dig it pitched on Dragon's Den in 2009 and we pitched to billionaires and these people are successful in 2020 dig it bought a company. So the pitcher became the investor and we bought a company called Suncare and we launched a product internationally that they had, which is also a patent product. So I, I felt very proud about that personally, because over the course of years, I learned from the best. Like I learned from Kevin O'Leary. I watched how he worked and I partnered with Craig and watched how he worked. So surrounding yourself with amazing people to then advance where opportunities lie was great. So buying sun care was really cool. It was really cool. It was, it was, uh, it felt so satisfying. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm really intrigued and I want to ask you some some questions about the, the pizza place, for example. So <clears throat> you, you've got a very successful company in Dig It that's selling apparel and gloves. Uh, you you just revealed that you've got the sun care, which I think I remember looking that up. It's a really cool little invention about knowing when your sunblock is is still working or not. Right. That's what yeah. that is, which yeah. I think is very interesting. What's the website there? So people can go take it. Take um, it's spotmyuv.com. Yeah, spot my UV. It's pretty interesting because you can put this little sticker on there or this little thing, and it tells you when your uh, your UV protection is faded and you need yes. to reapply, which I think is really cool. So you got those two successful companies. You got BG Wealth, but when BG Wealth, as it's going, part of what you're doing is you're buying these other businesses. Mm -hmm. So my question is. So when you go and you don't reveal anything, you're not uh, able to share. But when you bought the pizza place, who's running that? that I, because that you're very successful and you got other irons and other fires. How do you how do you manage the time and balance the time? And say, OK, I'm going to buy a pizza place one a, a year ago and now I got seven. Who manages that and does the rebranding and make sure the managers are trained and the food prep is done correctly? Who, who's yeah. doing all that? Yeah, not me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I burn water when I boil it. So it's not me. Um, we it's the rinse and repeat and making sure that you have teams in every business that you're creating that already know the business. And then we bring our expertise in to make sure that that business is successful. So uh, Scott is our COO of that business. And he owned the pizzeria that we bought and he's staying on for three years to make sure that that he oversees it and making sure that it's staffed correctly. And it's, and the secret sauce, cause literally we do, we have a secret sauce in the village pizzeria and making sure that that's replicated. And, and, but all of our business knowledge goes into the growing of the business. So we would never buy into a business unless we are very sure that that business model is sound. And then we just, we amplify it. So is that, is that what you, uh, Claudia are, are doing daily is you are overseeing the investments? Cause I, I, it sounds to me like dig, it's probably pretty running pretty much on its own automated with your team. You don't have to get involved and probably the same with the sun care. Uh, but, but, on the businesses, is that what you, is that what your call it your 40 hour work week as you're paying attention to what's going on out there and looking for acquisitions and making sure things are running correctly? Is that what you're doing every day? 
Yeah. Um, I am CEO of dig it still. And, but my team, including the, the, the gentleman that had created sun care, they are now part of my team. So the two founders and inventors of the product are brilliant. They're biomedical engineers and they, they are brilliant with standard operating procedures. So I've, I've given them a lot of responsibility and dig it. So I can now focus on other things and grow other areas. And then it's mainly oversight and management of, of the, opportunities that might be out there, we get pitched a lot. So it's really kind of cool. Like we get pitched ideas and we get pitched, like, would you like to join our company? So we look at it and we vet it and we think about it. And um, again, being part of Kevin O'Leary's background, I watched how he vets companies. I was literally on the ground floor of him vetting us. And it's, uh, there is a formula to it. It really is. So oversight is really where we, I spend a lot of my time and marketing development, making sure that each company intertwines with the whole branding of BG Wealth Group and each company has its own brand as well. I'm very, I'm fascinated at people like with people like you because of how you're building wealth through business acquisitions so much so that just recently, um, the, the week of this recording, I, I interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of patch Baker, who he, he's he builds his wealth through business acquisitions, very much like what you're doing with BG wealth, although a little bit different focus. And I, uh, part of my online membership that I do for my, for as training for entrepreneurs called the successful entrepreneur, I do a monthly entrepreneur master series where I take an expert and I talk about their expertise. And he and I spent 90 minutes just the other day talking about exactly what you're doing with BG Wealth. And I didn't know that was the BG Wealth story. And that's why I do the show. But he and I spent 90 minutes talking about how he's he owns a piece of 49 companies. He wants on a thousand companies. Wow. But but and and what fascinates me about that is how how does he manage that on a day in day out? That's why I asked you a question, Claudia, because I want to know if you're out doing something else, how do you manage those businesses? And I love, I love what you're doing because I am interested in investing in businesses. I own multiple businesses myself, but I want to go buy others. And honestly, I'm afraid I'll admit it. I'm, I'm a little afraid of if I bite off this, let's say if I bought a pizza joint, right? If I go buy a pizza joint, I, first of all, I know I'm not going to be making or deliver pizzas. I understand that, but yeah. How much of that time is it going to require of me to pull me away from hosting a podcast and coaching clients and doing speeches at events and conferences? So that's why I asked the question, because I want to know, well, how much does that require in your time? Because I'm, I'm selfishly interested in how you're pulling that off. Yeah, it's, it's I have to say it's busy. My life is very, very busy. I, my sister-in-law once told me that she thinks that I love chaos, but I, I love organized chaos. So it's always coming at me, but. I, I deflected by having really great teams and really great people, really great people around me. I do not do business with people that I get heebie-jeebies from or have any thought of there's something going on behind their eyeballs because I can sniff it a mile away now. And that's really how... Um, I cannot express how important it is to surround yourself with the proper people that align with where your values are. It's yeah. really, really important. Your, your net work is your net worth. Right. I like that. You yeah. got it. Your network of people around you is directly correlated to your net worth. You are the average of the five people you hang around with the yes. most, whether that's 
their their financial earning ability, the amount of what they know about the world, how they what their worldview is. And I love what you just said there because it reinforces that concept that your network is your net worth. And you are so, so right. I, I have a question for you. A very specific question. So this is the, the show is called the root of all success. And so I want to get down to the root of your success. So what, first of all, how would you define that word success? I love that question. Uh, success to me has changed over time. As I mentioned at the beginning part of our chat, success used to be money, 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 building money. And money was a be all and end all in my family's life to, to their success, their success, not my success. And my definition of success has changed significantly over time. When I left my corporate world, I was making a lot of money. Like I was in, I was commissioned sales and I was, and I'm good at sales. Like I'm, I have to say I honed it. It was really what I did very well. So giving up that compensation obviously was redefining my definition, definition of success. And I wanted to be more present with my young family. And that was really, really important to me. I figured if I had three kids and I'm not there and a nanny's raising them, that's not a good model. That's, that wasn't my value system. So I was shifting my definition of success. And I have three words. Would you like to hear them? Please. Three, three words that define my success. So they are strength, balance, and harmony. And that is my definition of success. If I can live in strength, my life is harmonious. And the everything I do is where I and our businesses I create in my life. If I need to live in strength, balance and harmony, because it's um, then I have the foundation to grow in areas that I want to grow in personally and in business. Strength, balance, harmony. I love it. Um, So with that as the definition, do you consider yourself a successful person? Very good question. I think, yeah, the short answer, yes. The longer answer is I think if I think everybody evolves and it's a constant continuity of evolution. And I like to hone that even further, that balance. Like, as I said, I'm organized chaos. Sometimes it's a wee bit too much. So having over time, as I, as I start to get older, cause you know, I'm only 29, but as I start to get older, I would like to do my business, not from Toronto, but from Hawaii or a happy place. So hone it, balance my life even further and, and define where I want to really be as a person, um, in the later part of my career. Well, I appreciate the transparency. And I love, I ask that question of every guest on the show and, and uh, you know, it's probably a, a 50, 50 where I get people that immediately go, absolutely hundred percent. I'm successful. And then other people, they do what you did. They, they, they take a moment like, yeah, I am. And then there's, but there's more to it. So I think both come from the same place. Other people just have thought, uh, thought about it a little bit more fully, but I think that you are a successful person, at least from the outside looking in, which is why I'm invited you to be on this show to begin with. Well, let me, let me share with you now, as we kind of move into the, 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 the back end of the show, um, one of the things that I discovered and my listeners are very familiar with this is over the last three to five years of casually interviewing very successful entrepreneurs, whether I'm at, a, at the club drinking a bourbon and smoking a cigar, talking to somebody, or I'm doing it on the show. 
I found that there are these five keys that every entrepreneur has used to unlock his or her success. And I want to see how these five keys, if they actually appeared in your story, like they have in so many others. So the first key to success is passion. And I believe that every single entrepreneur who's successful use the key of passion to unlock success. But there's a, there's a caveat here. Passion is normally seen as emotional passion. I love it. You know, like for instance, I'm passionate about cars and motorcycles, although I've made no money. As a matter of fact, I've lost money in cars and motorcycles, but, but passion, the one side is emotional and that is a contributing factor to success. But the actual key side of passion is the mental side of passion. And what passion actually means is willingness to endure. And that's why when we refer to uh, the passion of the Christ, for example, it wasn't that he was excited to go to the cross and, and was joyful over it. It was, I am willing to endure, which is what the word passion actually means for a greater cause. So in your story, Claudia, of success, do you see where you use that key to unlock your success as an entrepreneur? 100%. Absolutely. There have been times when I created Dig It from the early days where there were very, very strong obstacles and it would be a do or die with the business. And I'm like, there is no flipping way I'm letting this stop me because I put too much blood, sweat, and tears into where I am right now already that there's not going to be, there's not going to stop me. And, and my goodness, there were certain, certain times where it was very uncomfortable and very tenuous, but we got around it. Would you like an example of that? Please. This is uh, so I live in Toronto and as many of you might know, Toronto is cold and like about, probably about eight months of the year. Um, as Kevin O'Leary once said, it's a frigid Arctic wasteland at times, but it's not that bad, but we're in coming off of Dragon's Den. We have our first purchase order from a large retailer in Canada. We receive our gloves from what was our manufacturer at the time. And I opened the boxes and we have $30,000 worth of product. 30,000 to me at that point is 2010 is a lot of money, a lot of money. Cause that would equate to bringing in about a hundred thousand dollars, give or take. Right. So we opened the boxes. I opened the boxes in my warehouse in February, which is not heated. Look at all of these gloves and say 60% of them are not, are not sellable. And I'm like, the, the fingers were off. The sewing was off. It was, I was like, after I threw up on the floor, which I didn't, but I'm, it hit my gut like a ton of bricks in order to meet this purchase order and requirement, which will then catapult the company further. It's the very first mass retailer. We had to go through 20,000 units of gloves and which means 40,000 pieces separated out, match a right hand to a left hand to see what works, retag them and get them out the door within six weeks. And um, then fired the manufacturer and find another manufacturer to keep the company live. And it is in the middle of February, I brought in people into this warehouse that I couldn't afford. And we sat for a month in an unheated warehouse with space heaters and in our down coats, retagging gloves getting them out the door and we got them out the door and we met our purchase order and we paid for the purchase order and we paid for everything, but we were a thousand dollars away from bankruptcy. This is coming off of Dragon's Den. And, and I was not going to let this manufacturer that was run by this big bombastic man tell me it's sellable. I'm like, crap, it's not sellable, dude. So 
I'm not, uh, first of all, bye-bye, you know, you're fired. And secondly, I'm not going to let you stop me. And that was very hard because I was really cold. <laughs> it, was really, it was a hard, it was a hard month. That's such a great story. And I, I know that entrepreneurs who have achieved success, uh, listen to the show, have similar stories because they, we've all suffered through suffer or endured through some terrible things where we're, we're cleaning things up that shouldn't need to be cleaned up because other people didn't do their jobs. And I love that you've got that passion to push through and to endure because there's a greater thing on the backside of that. The, the next two keys, the first key is passion. The second two keys or the, the second and third key kind of go together, especially in your story. Cause I'm going to make an assumption. I know the answers to these, but I'm going to make sure is first of all, being the right place at the right time. That's, there's always a key there to that, to success. And then the third goes with it, which is knowing the right people. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a guess is that the place and the person or people that you met, uh, certainly this is not isolated and the only ones that were keys, but being on dragon's den and having Kevin O'Leary was a good place and a right place, right time, and was the right people to help get you catapulted, but probably not the only place and not the only time that helped you get to success. Tell me a little bit more about how those two keys played to your success. Again, 100%, because it's, it's when you're going through hard times or difficult times, challenging times, then you go to your network to support you and lift you up. And if your network isn't there or there are a bunch of complainers or a bunch of woe is meers, they're not going to help you get to the next level. So I surround myself with positive people, positive people that are solution-based that can help you with a solution or tell you, what are you thinking? Stop being stupid. And, and you have their values and their background and their experience that you actually listen to them. They're not telling you something that is what you want to hear is something that you need to hear. And I surround myself with those type of people. And, and I hopefully am that to other people as well. Um, so yeah, 100%. Can I give you one more story about yes. that? And it's also about endurance, but it's also about network and people. Um, that same time that we were fulfilling those gloves in the warehouse and, and that same period of time, we had to get a bridge loan to, meet the purchase order, pay for the purchase order, and then wait for our money to come in from the, from the uh, retailer. And I needed $30,000, $30,000 actually in retrospect seems to be a key number today, <laughs> but I needed $30,000. And I went to my bank, went to my small business bank manager, and I had banked with this bank since I was 13 years old. I created my business bank with that bank relationship. So I had a personal bank relationship, now a business bank relationship. And the small, I went to the small business manager and said, I need $30,000. And he said, uh, he didn't research who I was. He didn't know my company. He didn't understand that I had just partnered with Kevin O'Leary. He said, my husband will have to sign the loan. And I'm like, oh, what? That is not going to happen either because it's an incorporated business. My husband doesn't own the business and $30,000 is really a drop in the bucket compared to everything else. Now, back then it was a lot. So I went, thank you, no thank you, walked literally across the street to another bank that did not know me and had no relationship with me, went to the receptionist, said, I want to speak to a small business bank manager now. And they said, okay, this crazy lady. So they put me in touch with a woman, Katya, her name is, and she today is still my bank manager, my small business bank manager. She's now commercial because we're in commercial. And um, she said, we will help you 
She researched me within three days, gave me a bank loan and said, you have to leave your business bank relationship with your other bank, but we will support your business. And I'm like, you got it. So ended that bank relationship. And that woman has been integral in helping me finance my company. I I can't tell you. For those who are listening, how important a proper banking relationship is. Uh-huh. A banker can bankrupt you or a banker can set you free. Yes. Like those are the, and, and finding a banker that actually understands entrepreneurs and understands the plight of entrepreneurship and that it doesn't sometimes make sense, but there is a huge payoff is, is so good. And I'm really glad to hear Claudia in your story that a banker was instrumental in your success yes. because yes. we need to hear that. Cause generally speaking, I mean, we've all make jokes about lawyers. I, as and a lot of entrepreneurs make jokes about bankers because of the same kind of crap that is pulled and they, they do stupid stuff that puts us in peril. I almost had a banker put me out of business one time. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, but nevertheless, I found another one who saved the day and, uh, yeah. he, and I, he and I work on stuff together still to this day. So I love that you talk about the banker and that's a, a, a little note to entrepreneurs out there. Who do Don't I be afraid of it. Yeah. Who do I need in my network? You need a banker. You need a, you need a banker you- and you need a lawyer, another really, really key person. And if they don't fit with your values or your personality, get another one. There's lots of them. <laughs> There's lots of them They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> don't, and don't be afraid to have people leave your network because sometimes it's time, the time to leave. It's time to change and people come and go in your life that you don't burn bridges, but you just, it's time. It's like time to move on. Just like Kevin O'Leary, it was time to move on. He was going his separate way and, and I was going my separate way. So it's okay. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. So the, uh, the last two keys, uh, I'll talk about those. So we got passion, we got place, we got people. The last two are preparation and plan. So preparation is how the know-how to pull off what you're going to be successful at. And then plan is what is your plan to get the financial resources that you're going to need to do things? So I'm going to assume on the plan side that Dragon's Den was one of those big ways for you because, hey, we're going to go pitch this. And if we get an investor, boom, we're off to the races because we have a financial backer. We've got good partnership. But preparation, I'm going to guess, Claudia, that the preparation for you to be so successful as an entrepreneur was the two decades that you spent in the corporate world before you launched into uh, into entrepreneurship. Yes. So what do you see as what prepared you to be successful? How did you prepare? And then what was your plan to get the financial resources? Uh, great questions. Um, yes, for, for sure. The corporate world was my um, learning ground of how to do the business. In my corporate life, I was in sales, I was in marketing, I was in operations and I was in customer service. So I had all of those aspects and I had worked with the senior staff in each of the companies. So I saw how the management worked and that, that I internalized as standard operating procedures that I brought into dig it. When I created dig it, having started dig it, I still didn't know what I didn't know. And there were certainly things that when you become a business owner A paycheck is different than being a business owner because every single solitary cent as a business owner means something to you. 10 cents. If a tag is ripped off in a, in a store, it almost is like visceral. That costs me 10 cents. (laughs) It's, it's so important. So the money and the business planning and the marketing planning are all intertwined. And I think about them in a triangle. So business planning is up here and financial planning is here. Marketing planning is here. And you cannot do a business plan without both of those as the foundation. So financial planning was really, really, really important. Initially, we put 
our own money into the business, but that dries up. You know, eventually a, a business owner cannot constantly put money into your own business. Um, the business has to start making money, reinvest in the business, and then that spiral grows. Um, you said that, you know, part of being a dragon, being off of Dragon's Den, we had the financial backing. Surprise, surprise, we did not. Uh, that the coming off of Dragon's Den on air is we received $50,000, but that is not what happened. We got a line of credit at an astronomical interest rate that we never took, but we were able to use his name in marketing. Uh -huh. So we had to figure out our own financials. Nice. Well, and see yeah. there, there it is. I mean, it doesn't always look no. the way it actually is. And I think so many people look at us as entrepreneurs and go, Oh, you know, they're so lucky. They were at the right place, the right time. They just happen to know the right person and they got money just mailed to them in a mailbox somewhere. No, this is all strategic. You have to put yourself in the right place. You have to put, you have to go out and meet the right people. And then when, even when the plan looks like you're going to have the money, you got to figure out a better way and a different way to get the money. Right. So I love that. Now, right. besides all of that, Claudia, besides all of your success with Dig It and BG Wealth Group, you're also you're also an author and contributing author and uh, to to several different books. Would you like to talk about how you got involved in that? Because that's a little sure. bit different than just being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, people as I, as a story unfolded, and I was on speaking stages more and more because they wanted to hear about the story. And um, prior to COVID, I was I was doing a lot of international speaking and enjoying that a lot because I love helping people. I love the questions that you're asking because they're helping people with insight into how they can adapt to their own world. Uh, so I was invited to participate in a number of books as writing a chapter. And initially, my very first chapter that became an international bestseller was in empowering women to succeed. So I wrote a chapter in there and I thought, I don't need to do this because I'm not I'm not a writer. I never classified myself as a writer or an author. But again, convinced by the editor at the time, just try. And she helped walk me through how to write which wasn't hard. Once you start, it's really not hard. And I uh, wrote that first chapter and that became an international best-selling book. Wrote a couple other chapters and a couple other books that also became international bestsellers. And the last book that I participated in also had Eric and Leading Ladies and it had Oprah Winfrey, Melinda Gates, um, Mary Barra, some amazing, huge names. And I am in chapter two, right after Oprah, who is chapter one. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> nice. And you've been yeah. on stage with some pretty amazing people too, like Tony Robbins and Mark Victor Hansen, Bill Walsh, Pitbull, yeah. and some others. How did you end up on stage with those folks? Just networking as well. Uh, Bill Walsh has is a really great connection that I made probably back in 2013. And he is hugely connected to a lot of people. And he was my mentor when it came to speaking. And then he introduced me to opportunities and speaking and stages and, and different things. And I learned a lot from him as well. And then I learned a lot from a woman named Cindy Ashton. Cindy is on Broadway and she's an actress and a singer. So I started to hone my craft as a, almost like an actor on stage, but not, it's just owning the stage and owning the presence and making sure that it's the it's amplified as well. Amplified is a, is a word I love because you take an idea or you take a concept or you take an action and you amplify it. And I like that. That's my life. 
strength, balance, and harmony. That's the keys to success for you. That's how you define success. So now as we finish the show up, I want to, I want to ask you to give some advice. So we've got people listening to the show, watching the show on YouTube, wherever they watch it. They are, they are just starting out as entrepreneurs. They haven't reached the success that people like you have yet. They haven't been there yet. So what would you say to them? What would you say? Hey, this is my piece of advice as a very successful entrepreneur. This is what I want to tell you as someone who has not yet started their entrepreneurial journey. I've got so much pieces of advice. How how much time do we have? Um, (laughs) uh, I think the number one piece of advice is surround yourself with positive people. People that will, you can rely on that can give you honest, real answers. Keep the naysayers at bay and research your idea or your concept very thoroughly before you enter it. Therefore, when you do tell somebody about it, they're not going to go, what? They're going to go, wow, that's really cool. Cause you have verified your idea before you spend a lot of money to launch it. Well, I think that's great, great advice. And then I I would think that another piece of advice that's insinuated by your story is that it's never too too late to start. It's never too late to start. It's easy for me to say, never too late to start. You've got a lot of people out there that are riding around their cars right now, listening to this podcast on the podcast player. And they're in their forties or fifties, or maybe later in their, in their life. And they're thinking, uh, I'm just relegated to the corporate career forever, but you, Claudia, are an inspiration to all those people to know that at, at 44, you can kind of take some time off to get more balance in your life because mm-hmm. that was what success was for you. And through just having good conversations and running ideas past each other, you decide to start a company that ends up being an international success, buying another company, international success, starting a wealth group that has now having uh, international success across borders, right? Canada mm-hmm. and the United States. And so I, I applaud you for your success. I'm, I'm very honored to have you on the show. It's been a great time talking with you. I wish we could have done it in Nashville here live and in person, but I'm still glad that we got to talk. So uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience or how they can get in touch with you? Have anything you want to finish up with? Well, like I said, network to me is massively important. Being on your podcast, Jason, has allowed me to enter into your world and you have listeners that follow you. So I will say you, I am now in your network. Your listeners are in your network. So people can reach me and I'm putting it out there. People can reach me if they need any assistance or any advice. Um, My email address is C Harvey. So C H A R V E Y at B G wealth group.com. And just go onto our website. There's a, there's also a, a, like a let's talk page. You people can get to me if they need to get to me. So I'm putting it out there that if you need an ear, I'm there. C Harvey at bgwealthgroup.com. So you can yes. go take a look, a uh, look her up and, and go back and listen to the show again, hear all the details about her dig it apparel and about uh, the, uh, the, other, the other things we've talked about today. BG wealth group, I think is really interesting to me too. I want to go take a look, a deeper look awesome. at that, but Claudia, it's been an honor having you on the show. Thank you for visiting with me today on the root of all success. I appreciate it very much. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Jason. And that time went so fast. So um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur, this time a female entrepreneur. I love talking to female entrepreneurs who are successful about how she unlocked 
success. And, and just like every single time we talk about on the show, it's the same five keys to success of passion, being the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, having the right preparation, having the right plan. Those five keys, just like they unlocked it for dozens and dozens of other people I've interviewed on the show, they unlocked it for her too. And what I think is cool about her story is that she did it. Uh, and and I, late in life is not the, the right term because 44 is not old, uh, but later in her career, to start a company. And not only did she start that company, but went on to acquire another company and then start another company. And, and it was fascinating to hear her talk about that story. I want you to think about where you are in your life. Use those words of balance, strength, and harmony that she talked about in success. If you don't have that, what can you do to get there? One of the things that we talked about in the show today was my membership program called The Successful Entrepreneur. And I want to invite you as a listener to join this online learning community and the successful entrepreneur online learning community. It's only $55 a month to get access to live coaching and training with me almost on a weekly basis. I do an ask Jason live Q and a once a month where you can log in and ask me any question you want about entrepreneurships, like getting me as your personal business coach. There's also a training that I do every uh, week or two called success lectures, where I spend an hour just digging into a topic. One of the topics I've got coming up very soon, which will be in the past. After you listen to this show, uh, I'm going to be talking about how millionaires focus their time and manage their time. And because there's some certain tricks that I've learned over the years on how people, People who are millionaires actually do this. And I will share those types of trainings with you as part of the online learning community. And then the thing that I actually talked about on the show today is I do an entrepreneur master's series where I bring in an entrepreneur once a month and we spend 90 minutes talking about his or her unique skill set and how we can use that and tap into that skill set to better our lives as an entrepreneur. You get all of that for only $55 a month, but there's more. You also get 20% off all online courses that, that I provide through Results University. You get 10% off any of the cohorts that I lead in the group coaching, where I do live group coaching every 90 days with a group of entrepreneurs. You get 10% on that. You get access to the online forums and communication channels. There's tons of value and it's only $55 a month. If you could hire a coach, a very successful coach for 55 bucks a month, why would you not do that? So go to the real slash T S E as in the successful entrepreneur, go to the real slash T S E sign up today. I know you're going to love it. It's going to provide tons of value. And if you need anything from me, just reach out to me through my website. Well, thank you for listening today. I truly appreciate it. I will see you next time when, when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit the root of all to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business, grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on the root of all success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>